Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. It's time for another episode of U.S. Marshal. This one's going to be Season 1, Episode 12. Original air date, December the 27th of 1958. And the title is The Champ. Just won't give up, Willie. Yeah, he won't quit the fight game. Not even now, after it's quit him. The Ham and Egger wanted a shooting match. He got it. Well, I guess he's about the greatest amateur the state's ever had, is he? Uh, that's why I signed him. I thought he had the makings of a champ. I was wrong. No killer instinct. What'll happen to a boy like this, Norman? Can't make a living as a sparring partner. Won't go to school. He's a bitter kid, Marshal. All the time he was champ, people rallied around him everywhere he went. You know how it is. When you're champ, you know everything. Lose four fights in a row, you're a bum. Go on, keep punching, Sears. Go in low. Uh, you see what I mean? He's not a tiger. He's not a killer. No rapper. He's a nice boy, though, Norman. I'd like to help him before he gets too disgusted with the world. Yeah, that's exactly the way it was his last four pro fights. Classy starts, horizontal finish. No guts. I zig when I should have zagged you. You had him in there, darn. You let up on him. Do I get the preliminary fight Saturday night, Mr. Norman? Look, I need the money. Can I have the fight? Look, I keep letting you fight. You're going to get your brain scrambled. Now, neither one of us wants that, huh? Forget the fight game, says It's not for you. Guy talks me into quitting school, turning pro, then he walks out on me. Norman's just trying to keep you from getting hurt, champ. So you go back to school. We went ahead. Go back to school, huh? After a year? After four knockouts in a row? That's not for me, Marshal. I don't like people laughing at me. Okay. What are you gonna do? Don't you worry about me, Marshal. I'll make out. I'll find a way to make out. Sam. Yeah? You owe me 50 bucks. That's why I lost on your four fights. Well, what do you think I lost? 
I think they're yellow. That's what I think. You know something? So does everyone else. Well, go away, will you? You're yellow. And don't turn your back on me when I'm talking to you, champ. Or I'll clobber you. I'll get even with you for that sneak punch. I'm sorry, Mike. That's all right. Nothing busted, no harm done. You got hurt by a hand a little, that's all. Looks like I shoved a knuckle out or something. I want him locked up. Assault. You hit him, champ? Yeah, I hit him. He started bugging me, calling me yellow. You'll have to come along, sign a complaint. Sure, I know that. Let's go. The guy sure asked for it, Riley. Well, I, I'm not the judge. Citizen makes a complaint, I make an arrest. Come on, boy. Let's go see the sergeant. One man I'm glad to see behind bars. He's caused a lot of trouble around here. It was a pretty rough time bringing him in. He tries to make bail, you let him know. Well, hi, champ. Hello, Marshal. Champ, a friend of yours? Yeah, I've known him quite a while. What's the charge? Assault with a deadly weapon. He's the complaining witness. He assaulted you? What with? His fist. His fist? Uh, he took me by surprise. I'd like to put a word in for the kid, officer, if I might, before you book him. Go ahead. Well, I was sitting on the next stool, and, uh, and this big clown comes over and starts picking on the kid, calling him names, you know, like yellow, grabbing the material, threatening to knock his block off and stuff like that, till the kid ups and clobbers him. Nothing else from the do. Is that right, champ? I wasn't looking for any trouble. I was there, too. That's the way it went. The big guy really asked for it. That's right. You know, I don't think you can make this charge stick. There are too many witnesses against you. Sure you don't want to drop it? Look, I pay taxes. A professional fighter hits me, I get protection, don't I? None of you ask for the fight. Well, I don't want to cause any trouble. I'm willing to drop the whole thing. Besides, I didn't know the champ was so well connected. Thanks a lot, Marshal. It was a bum beef. That guy kept needling me. Well, all the evidence was on your side, champ. I think you ought to thank these gentlemen. Hey, look, I want to thank you for taking all the trouble to come down here. That was too raw. Come on, let's go back to Mike's. I'll replace that sandwich and milk for you. You've got uh, quite a punch there, Sayers. You interested in maybe a $50 fight? I'd fight Marciano for $50. Well, you've got a deal. It's 20 in advance. All right? Who and when and where? I'm down here. This ain't exactly a club fight. It's a, well, sort of private. Oh, I got my matters. My name's Ray Hartley. This is Chuck Callahan, my partner. We run a game here in town. You know, poker, dice, roulette on weekends. 
Well, what's that got to do with me? You see, every once in a while, some welcher stops payment on a check he's written to cover his losses. We want you to collect on the checks. Easy work. Teach them the error of their ways, so to speak. You know what happens to welchers. Well, are you interested in the rest of that 50? For beating up on a welcher, huh? I probably wouldn't even have to say it. Guy as tough as you, you could scare him into paying. Why'd you try this one? Want to see how you operate? If you're good, you can have a regular job as bouncer at the game. Extra money for collecting. All right? All right, where do I go? like you've been a little careless, Callahan. By doing so, you got the boys looking into your income tax records. You too, Hartley. Yeah, well, we'll be out on bail before you can warm up a cell. I'm not a vice officer. I'm a United States Marshal. Don't try to cash any checks. The federal government's already attached your bank account. All right, boys, get them out of here. Looks like you're coming up the world, says. Yeah, that's right. You need money or don't you? I'm not fighting you. On the 13th, there'll be $35,000 on the counter. I know. It's the payroll for the federal missile installation up in Minor. Small town bank, no protection. No traffic problems either. Why, it's an easy 10 or 11 grand apiece. How about you, Sayers? Ten or eleven thousand, huh? Means California and some easy living. Sure. What do you want me to do? You? Well, we want you to sort of case the bank for a week before the uh, 13th. It's all the time we got. You know, find out who opens the bank, what time, what time the other employees get there, stuff like that. No, you're uh, planning an escape route through the desert. Mine, huh? I'll drive up there tonight, all right? Fine. We can't miss if uh, we're smart, huh? Look, it's only for an hour. The cops aren't going to stop one guy in an old car. Now, go on, get in. Well, at least we'll be close to the money.
Frank? Bandit car was seen going through a crossroads in the southern part of the state near Ajo. You know how many cars of this description are around? Better call the sheriff's department. I haven't set up roadblocks in that area. I'll take a run down there. Frank Morgan from over Cochiseway, ain't you? I heard you'd been made U.S. Marshal. That's right, Sheriff. Any traffic been through this way? Yeah, two cars. Neither one of them new and shiny like the one you're looking after. You stopped him, didn't you? Oh, sure. One kid alone in a in a coupe. He's on his way out to California. Nice, clean-cut Arizona boy. Did you get his name? Well, no. No, I didn't ask. He was all alone. He didn't look like no criminal. Nice kid. He got the number of the car. No, no, I didn't. You see, well, I, I was looking for three men in a shiny new car. Can you tell me about the other car? Well, yeah, sure. I stopped that. That is old man Kirk. Yeah, I've known him all my life, but he didn't rob no bank. Well, he, he's got more money than the bank has anyway. <laughs> I see, yes. Well, now, tell me about the uh, car that the boy was driving. Could you tell me the color of it? Well, it was a two-tone job. Two-tone job. Uh -huh. But what was the color? Well, I don't remember exactly if... What about the boy, Sheriff? Can you describe him? Yeah, well, I'd say he was about 21, 22. Nice-looking kid. Didn't look like no crook. Yes. Look, from now on, stop all the cars that come through. Get their names and their numbers, please. Oh, sure, sure. I'll stop them if it's so darned important. I'll stop my own wife and search her. <laughs> if that's what you want. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm going to get my 11 grand. The car's signed over to you, Callahan. Drive it wherever you're going and write me general delivery, Hollywood, California. They'll keep in touch. See you in a couple of months for the next job. So long, champ. Champ. I think I'll say hello. You call in, Ed. Okay. Well, what do you say, Champ? Hi, Marshal. Good to be in town again. Yeah, when would you get back? Just yesterday. I've been gone for about two months. California. How'd you like it out there? Oh, I never had it so good. I've been in business. Oh? Buying and selling real estate in San Fernando Valley. Well, there's a boom out there almost as big as the last one. Uh. Especially in Encino, where I operate. I've been doing real well. Yeah, I noticed. You look like a million dollars, champ. Hey, listen, let me buy you dinner. I'll only be in town for a couple of days. Give me a call at the Royal Hotel. I'll try to make it. Good. See ya. Frank's have been making all of his money by buying and selling real estate in the San Fernando Valley. Well, you can't even get a license in two months out there to deal in real estate. 
Now, the California license number of his new car is ABT520. I want you to run a make on it. And while you're at it, see if you can find out what he did with his old car before he got rich. What good will information on his old car do us? Well, I think I remember him driving a two-tone coupe. Check it out anyway. I may know where the money came from. Ray, get me the date of the Mina bank robbery and put a call through to the Valley Division of the Los Angeles Police Department. On Tuesdays between uh, 11, 11, 15, the bank's almost empty. Nice. Chuck and me, we've been working on the getaway. Yeah, we'll do it the easy way. Now, the car we use on the job will be stolen. It'll be switched for another stolen car in a parking lot 10 miles away. Your car will be hidden on a desert. I've been over the route a dozen times, got it all worked out so it's foolproof. I don't see how anything can go wrong. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Can we swing it tomorrow? I think I'll take the rest of the day off, Ed. I'm going to stop by the newspaper and pick up a picture of Sayers. I'll take it down to that deputy sheriff who let the boy in the coop through the blockade shortly after the Mina bank robbery. You better pick up Sayers at the hotel and put out a warrant on this Charles Callahan. Right. Marshal, come all the way here to see me. How are you, Frank? Come in on well, the side. Well, I can only stay a minute. I want you to look at a picture here. Oh, a picture, huh? You want me to identify a criminal? Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, just a minute, son, until I get my specs on. I ain't hardly see you without them. <laughs> you know, I got, I have got a crackerjack of a memory for faces. How you been, Frank? Oh, just fine. Yeah. Now, do you remember the boy that was driving the two-tone coupe that stopped at the roadblock that you had set up at the Mina Bank robbery? Oh, sure. All right, take a good look at that picture. Yeah, smiley boy. Sure, I remember him. Well, now, let me see. I want to make sure I'm right. Well, he, he's got fighting trunks on. Yes, I know he has. Yeah. Yes, sir. Had his clothes on when I saw him. Yeah. His eyes. Mm-hmm. Smiling. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a fellow, all right. Yeah, I'd swear to it in any court. Well, you may have to. I think this is the boy that was driving the getaway car at the Mina Bank robbery. You think he is? No. Well, what do you know? <laughs> Didn't look like a bank robber. No, nice, clean-cut Arizona boy. Too bad, ain't it? It sure is, Sheriff. Thanks a lot for the identification. Control calling car one. Control to car one. Come in, car one. Car one, go ahead. Phoenix office advises Callahan and Hartley seen their city yesterday. Sayers had moved from the Royal Hotel before our men arrived. He could be in Phoenix also. I'm proceeding to the Phoenix office now. Meet me there. Car one, Roger.
What's the sense to that? It's worth a four, that's the sense to it. Attention all units. First National Bank in 5th of Maine, held up by two suspects. They're now driving a light-colored convertible southbound on Highway 87. This is Tucson 1 to Tucson 5. I'm taking cutoff to try and intercept them. Keep me advised. down behind the car. I think he's dead. I would have hardly dropped his gun. He's up there in the rock someplace. There's only one left. But hold your fire. Sayers! You haven't got a chance. Now drop your gun and come on out of there. You hear me? Stay here. Drop that gun and come out of here. No use of you getting killed. Now, you listen to me. I'm going to ask you once more to throw that gun out here. That's better. Now, come up out of there with your hands up.
deck down where it is, Marshal. Leave it there. What's the matter with you, champ? You don't want to kill me. You wouldn't walk five feet till they'd blast you full of holes. There's three police officers down there. Are you... You're gonna walk me to that car? And you're gonna drive me out of here? Go on. You guys make one move. All right, champ. I'm walking full of holes. Sure took an awful chance there, Marshal. I don't think so. You see, I had a little inside information. The champ here just doesn't have the killer instinct. Welcome back. Well, once again, we have an episode of U.S. Marshal featuring a future television legend. And in this case, it's Michael Landon. Landon is best remembered for some really strong family TV roles. Joe Cartwright on Bonanza, Paul Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie, and Jonathan Smith in Highway to Heaven. But at this point in his career, roles like The Champ were probably his bread and butter. Many actors of a similar age, uh, including uh, Leonard Nimoy during this era, paid their dues in Hollywood by playing a bunch of troubled young men and young criminals in particular. I think Landon does as good a job as possible in making his character grounded and realistic. I, I think the changes throughout the story are subtle, and it's really possible to overplay this, but he doesn't, and so you kind of uh, believe every bit of the performance. You don't even ask too many questions at the end when Champ is somewhat unbelievably bossing around middle-aged criminals twice his age. The days for these sort of roles for Landon were coming to an end, as within nine months, the first episode of Bonanza would air, and he would be well on his way to having a legacy beyond having starred in the cheesy horror classic, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. The sheriff's deputy was an interesting character. His sketchy memory for details when the champ came through was worse than some civilian witnesses on Dragnet. And you could kind of tell that Marshall Morgan was struggling a bit not to chew him out. 
Of course, uh, this was played for comedy, really well done. The actor who played the sheriff's deputy was Forrest Lewis. Lewis began his career as a radio actor, with a lot of work out of Chicago. He starred in the post-war radio series, uh, Meet the Meeks, uh, played a sidekick to Roy Rogers on one of Rogers' many radio programs, and also appeared in CBS radio programs throughout the late 50s and in the early 60s, and continued to work in television well into the 1970s. The way Morgan acts in this case is kind of interesting. On one hand, I appreciate how the writers took care to to make sure that the cases that Morgan got involved in or interacted with him over were the type of things a U.S. Marshal would investigate. He had some reason for being there, like he when he happened to be at the sheriff's office. I will say that the help the Marshal tried to offer the champ at the beginning was kind of half-hearted. When he recognized that Sears could be going down a dark road, I was like, okay, let's see what he does. He essentially suggests that Sears uh, could go back to school. And Sears says, I don't want to. And that's pretty much the end of that. The end of the episode uh, had the marshal take a really serious risk because just because several months ago Sears didn't have the killer instinct in the ring doesn't mean he won't kill you now, particularly as he's been getting into harder and harder crime. Still, getting to see Landon and Forrest Lewis, I think, makes this a worthwhile watch. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.